Hello, everybody, and welcome to season three of We Need to Talk About Kevin. Uh, I am, of course, Trevor Drinkwater. It's me, Ted. That's Ted. And uh, joining us for our season premiere, making his first appearance on the podcast, our good friend Evan McDonald from Kino Lefter. Hello, Ted and Trevor. It's a uh, genuine pleasure for me to be on your program. Of course, you guested on the uh, Alien vs. Predator episode of my show, and I am a longtime listener of We Need to Talk About Kevin, so very happy to be here. Hell yeah. Good to have you here. Love that energy. Uh, before we get started, uh, there's a few things. I just got to let everybody know. Uh, for those of you who are not uh, Patreon subscribers... Uh, this episode will be part of Benuary, which is our special month-long <laughs> celebration of the career of Ben Affleck, uh, which uh, will, <laughs> which which extends across both our regular and premium feeds. So uh, here on the regular feed for Benuary, we'll be talking about three different uh, Ben Affleck movies that involve Kevin in some way or another. And on the Patreon, we'll have three very special episodes coming this month where we take a little bit of a, a closer look, a deeper dive into the work of one of our favorite actors who's inexplicably friends with Kevin Smith, Mr. Ben Affleck. Another thing for those of you who haven't been listening to uh, the Patreon episodes is that uh, we have to break the unfortunate news to you that Rose is no longer with us. Uh, she uh, perished in the uh, field of gaming <laughs> combat and has now ascended to Gamer Valhalla. Uh, so she is, walks this plane no more. And um, now she... <laughs> She's watching out for us, though, on the podcast. She battles among the, all the great uh, gaming idols of the past, um, no, not really. Of course, you know, Rose is still alive and she's doing perfectly fine. Uh, but she has made the decision to leave the show for the time being. It's cool. We're all still friends. Of course, we love Rose. Uh, she was an incredibly invaluable part of the show. And, uh, and we certainly miss her. And, and, uh, we still love her very much. But with all that said, welcome. <laughs> to the brand new and improved all dudes version of We Need to Talk About Kevin. Brought to you by Barstool Sports. I'm Crazy oh, Trev, yeah. and here to my left is Rockin' Ted. And I'm Ralph Garman. Here's an impression and this of is someone Ralph who died 30 years ago. Uh, no, no, don't worry. We'll still, you know me and Ted, we're a couple of soft boys. Uh, just because we lost our token female doesn't mean we need to get all masculine on you. Anyway, <laughs> let's get into the subject of the episode. Uh, as our first uh, free Benuary episode of the month, uh, what better film to discuss than the 2003 Ben Affleck superhero vehicle Daredevil, uh, featuring a somewhat memorable cameo from our namesake Kevin Smith, but mostly just a, just a showcase of of wonderful, intense, badass uh, action, <laughs> action star acting from our current temporary month-long namesake, uh, Mr. Ben Affleck. Uh, Evan, since you're our guest, I'll ask you, uh, do you have any history with this film or perhaps with Ben Affleck as an actor in, a general, in general? And if so, uh, could you share with us? So uh, I'm a big fan of Mr. Ben Affleck. Um, I, <laughs> you don't have to call him Mr. every time. I don't know why I started doing that. I just respect well, him so damn yeah, much. You have to respect the office. Um, I I had the Daredevil DVD when I was younger, and it was kind of one of those like perennial like comic book movies from the mid 2000s that was always on like my shelf. It was next to like Fantastic Four: Rise of the Silver Surfer um and uh i don't know it's like i didn't like the movie when it came out um but i've always kind of been drawn to the daredevil character um you know i i view myself and mr daredevil as contemporaries uh of course being raised catholic and having glasses um so i, I like the character of daredevil a lot i haven't read a ton of daredevil comics um i like the show quite a bit 
Um, but uh, no, I, I like Ben Affleck. Um, I think he's great as Batman. Um, I think he's a really competent director when he's sort of given the chance. And obviously he's had a very tough personal life, which uh, I feel like I'm very invested in. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, much more than, you know, say Kevin Smith. Absolutely. Uh, and now it only now dawns on me that I'm once again outnumbered by Catholics uh, on on my yeah. own show. Sorry. No, well, it's it's compared. only appropriate considering we're discussing yet another Catholic uh, narrative, which involves uh, <laughs> Kevin Smith. So, how did how did each of your um your Catholic upbringings inform your viewings of uh, <laughs> of this movie? Ted, should do you have any in- so, insight like, on this? This kind of Catholic is not something that I'm familiar with. Like the Catholic it's of cool Daredevil Catholic. is not something I'm familiar with. It's, it's that and it's like inner city, like poor it's dark Catholic. Catholic. And I grew up in the country, so I don't really get it. It's it's like Irish mm. Catholic, which my dad was more of a, more of an ethnic more of an but, ethnic Catholic than you're used to. Yeah, 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 exactly. But um, I don't know. Like this is the first time I've seen this movie. I'm a pretty I'd say I'm like a pretty big Daredevil comics fan. Like in this oh. movie, uh, all the characters that Matt Murdock's dad fights are either authors or I believe there is an artist in there that had written or drawn daredevil oh which is pretty cool um but this movie is like it it like really goes in on some daredevil stuff and then like really doesn't on some other daredevil stuff so it's kind of strange uh in that way i guess interesting Um, but to to sort of answer your question i think the catholic stuff that they do in this movie is actually like pretty faithful to the way it is in the comic there's the the scene where he's asking the priest like or the priest is saying to him you know, you're supposed to come here for forgiveness, not ask for permission. And that's just cool. Like, you know, that's a cool line. They yeah. should have played the Seether song then, but they didn't. Yeah. Uh, this. So <laughs> uh, uh, that's interesting. I didn't know that we had our very own resident Daredevil expert here. I personally have never. I wouldn't I wouldn't go that far, but I, I have re- I've re- read a lot of the Daredevil comics. Got a man inside. Uh, I personally have never <laughs> read any Daredevil comics. Uh, I did do the requisite amount of of research on the publication history and the impression I got that that was that the movie was pretty faithful to the Frank Miller era yes, of Daredevil, which was like the early eighties, which is also sort of like the defining Daredevil. Right. That's like the canon where you start from. If you're writing a Daredevil comic, another Catholic Frank Miller, of course, that one is extremely, uh, extremely, <laughs> I Catholic. bet. This is a very Frank Miller looking movie. Sorry for interrupting yes. you, but uh, it reminds me of Sin City at some point. Yeah, even. standing yeah. solemnly on rooftops in the rain, uh, muttering how you That's couldn't so save her. Um, it's very, very Frank Miller. You know, I, I did see this movie when it came out, and I think, like Evan, I wasn't a particularly big fan of it. Um, it was kind of like a mediocre superhero adventure to me. By this point, we had had X-Men and uh, Spider-Man. So I guess Marvel adaptations were starting to become a hotter commodity. And this definitely didn't live up to uh, my excitement for either of those movies. But uh, watching it now, it is kind of a it's a little bit of a a little bit of a breath of fresh air especially after doing all that uh christopher nolan batman viewing um for our patreon because this is really a a remnant of the pre-batman begins era before Mm. this idea that comic book movies should try to look as little like comic books as possible (laughs) started to started to become popularized because this is i mean it's a very silly movie in places <laughs> but like it's um but it's uh, i think for the most part uh at least for the time it feels very appropriately dark uh it it yeah. it, it treats the material more seriously kind of than i remembered because i just remembered it as kind of a silly movie but it does it's definitely <laughs> not afraid to look and feel like a comic book and it really leans on that frank miller uh vibe like you guys said so i i I appreciate that because it kind of fits in a little bit uh uh, in a canon along with raimi's spider-man and burton's batman which were kind of like fun exciting adaptation modernizations to a degree that still kept that kind of comic book campiness it's not as good as either of those movies certainly 
but it um no. it it feels it definitely feels of that era uh mm-hmm. before Christopher Nolan sort of ruined everything. So it was refreshing <laughs> to me in that sense. I also never cared for the Netflix show. Thought it was boring and this was more fun. So I, I think that like, because I've heard this is like a pretty bad movie, you know, mm-hmm. and I watched it and I was like, I didn't really get a lot of that in, until they started the fight scenes, which are just like kind of mm. confusing and not fun to watch. I genuinely think that like this would be remembered pretty fondly if they had better choreography and better directing during specifically those fight scenes because yeah. the rest of it I I was like pretty into I liked uh, extremely Irish bullseye oh um, yeah he was good. sort of a, a racist depiction of bullseye but you know it's okay <laughs> I, I liked oh, what's what's the guy that plays Kingpin Michael Clark Duncan oh he rocks yes. yeah yeah inspired choice for Kingpin he's good in everything uh, I don't like Jennifer Garner really but oh that's no, fine. no! I don't. I've already. I've I don't already care made about Electra anyway. On... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think she's like one of the most boring parts of the Daredevil, like you know, mythos. Certainly the most boring part of this movie. Um, yes. Oh my god! And the the fake like green eyes were ridiculous. <laughs> why did she have those? That's Horrible not, contacts. Like what? Oh, a, yeah. Why did disastrous? Has decision. contact like technology progressed so much since then that it's really those look that bad i don't understand. it was very spirit halloween in this movie so i don't i haven't <laughs> if they tried it again i'm not sure but i did literally a few minutes before we started this call i did just finish watching the electra movie which is a direct sequel to daredevil and uh-huh. she looks much better in that film because her makeup her hair the the contacts and everything in this film really does a number on jennifer gardner yeah. and it's it's really off-putting they really try to make jennifer garner pop in this movie and she's the kind of actress i think that doesn't naturally pop she's very boring looking yeah. um, and they really kind of try to shine up her face give her those really brightly colored contacts and uh she's just glowing and shiny all the time and it just didn't didn't look right and uh she's also just not it's very like, good at acting <laughs> it's like go like seeing somebody just like on the street that's like put like bodybuilder oil on them it's like they're just out of place and yeah. like not appealing in any way but um with respect of course to mr ben affleck uh, i believe this was his first time uh, a co-starring with jennifer garner who would later become his wife at the time at this time i think he may have been with j-lo actually so uh Dang. ben ben might have been doing a little bit of womanizing during this point in his career Ooh. uh I, that's purely speculative uh, uh, you know on my part but uh this i would assume this is where at least where he was first uh, vibing with uh, jennifer garner which does not come across on the screen at <laughs> no, all no no definitely uh, although <laughs> zero I chemistry never, I've never thought of the two of them of have as having chemistry in any sense. I never got them as yeah. a couple in real life, even though I, I when 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 Jennifer Garner broke up his friendship with Kevin Smith, I was very supportive of her at that point because <laughs> I thought that of was course. funny. Uh, but uh, definitely, um, she's not really the ideal woman I would have picked for, for Ben. I don't. I think yeah. he can do better. <laughs> Trevor says uh, no. That's a that's a no from Trevor on Jennifer Garner. So I think that for, um, for Ben, first... for Ben, <laughs> like only the best for Ben. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. We just want to support him. Um, I think that the first time uh, Ben and Jen might have met was the Pearl Harbor movie in 2001. Oh, I don't, was she I, in that? I forgot she was, about that. She was in it. I don't oh, recall okay. if they had scenes together. Um, Interesting. But yeah, their sort of vibe in this movie is that they're like perpetually like at a house party and they're kind of having like a pleasant conversation. And it's like, oh, yeah, I kind of know you. <laughs> yeah. And that's sort of the entire uh vibe that these two characters and these two actors have for the rest of their lives um and yeah it was <laughs> i was uh my partner was doing a little bit of research on uh, ben's personal life last night and uh oh. much like arnold schwarzenegger he totally put a baby in his maid um because he uh, uh. left a vacation with jennifer gardner to go with his nanny to a poker tournament in las vegas towards the end of their marriage um and uh the, the baby part is definitely editorializing on my part but you know celebrities <laughs> probably happened um so you know ben he's gone he's gone through some some rough patches in his life and uh i think daredevil was like 
maybe maybe a bright one <laughs> i think he had fun but um i mean everything he said afterwards about the movies you know very negative um obviously because it's not a it's not a terrifically well done film that costume is so like not flattering to him that it, <laughs> it would be hard to watch this movie and be like oh that was fun you just it looks bad on him and i don't mm-hmm. I don't know exactly like where the problem lies there, but it, it's a bad look for poor Ben there. It's a very bad costume. And I was wa- there's like a hour long making of documentary for this movie that I did watch. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's funny because like it feels like a very amateurish production. Like the guy directing it had never helmed a movie of this size before. Um, but usually when we get movies like that now, it's just people who are caught up in like the marvel machine and they directed like one celebrated indie film and now it's like Mm -hmm. okay now you're doing thor five um yeah but back uh, then they had to actually direct the movie they had to they had to actually exactly (laughs) they couldn't just have you know the entire movie made beforehand and like you know all the second unit stuff is taken care of by someone else the concept's already done it's like all right you turn on the camera you turn it off and you go home um but uh, it's funny because uh it it, and again it's just like a time capsule for 2003 like the studio didn't want the suit to be red because they thought it would be too confusing with spider-man because sam raimi's spider-man came out then so they're like (laughs) no the suit needs to be black so they made it black and then painted it red over it so it's a very dark red um that's what's going on yeah okay and then they also didn't want any horns on the costume um because that would be weird so the one of the initial ideas and this this is also a thing i love about special features at the time because they're very honest and like everyone who worked on this movie was like this is awful i hate it i hate working on this um (laughs) and uh there was one idea where it's like oh yeah daredevil's just gonna wear a hoodie and sweatpants and like fight crime (laughs) and it's like that would actually be better than i think what we saw it would be fun it looks uncomfortable yeah yeah it would be like at this point, that's a little played out because every first season of every single Marvel show is that. Yeah. But I think back then it would work. I don't know. Can't wear the suit. You and need I- to earn the suit in the last episode, and then it's disappointing. Yeah. You earn the suit, and then the next season it like looks a little bit different because they've had a season to like you know work with it, and it's mm-hmm. like, well, when did that happen? Yeah. Well, this this uh, this movie felt to me again more in that classic pre-Batman Begins mode of uh yes. you know you get a little bit of the backstory and you cut to them being the superhero and of course they already have all this the suit you don't get the whole point by point that history was of so how the refreshing suit was made and, <laughs> yeah, yeah so that was nice evan did did you say that you were watch it watch the uh r-rated director's cut because i i believe uh that version was actually overall better received than the regular uh theatrical release so I did watch the 30 minute longer R-rated director's cut of Daredevil because I had watched the <laughs> theatrical cut beforehand or not beforehand, like when I was a kid or whatever. Right, um, right. So it was also not good. Um, okay. <laughs> I don't I don't know where the positive sort of like reception for it came from because I did look it up and it's like some people liked it. I don't know why it was R-rated. There might just be like one or two shots that were changed. Um, it's not like Daredevil is, you know, you know, dropping F-bombs or whatever. Um, but there's an entire subplot that I don't think is in the theatrical cut with Coolio. Um, no. Who, yeah. So Coolio's in it? Coolio is... I did not see Coolio. Coolio is there's in the There's no Coolio cut. in our version, no. I watched the Coolio cut and uh, <laughs> he is accused of murder um and then there's a whole long trial um where the the cops obviously set coolio up um and it's horrible um wow (laughs) and uh like it's there's like this irish cop who uh was like put up by kingpin to to frame this one guy for murdering someone who knew kingpin's identity that's basically the the subplot in a nutshell and there's this fantastic moment where uh matt murdoch not as daredevil uh accosts this crooked cop at a bar and then jumps into his car and starts like (laughs) driving the car and smashing it into like parked cars going like hey can somebody help me out here you know blind guy driving and then he's That's listening awesome. he's listening to his heartbeat as he recites the story of what happened and then he's like 
why is your heartbeat steady? I know you're lying. And then he lifts up his shirt and he's wearing a pacemaker. And he's like, when did you get a pacemaker? So that's the director's cut. Okay, so it's not, I feel like I made the right choice to just stick with the normal version because it was yeah. uh, free up, free on Amazon. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I didn't want to go to the extra trouble of procuring the director's cut. And uh, so thanks for doing that bit of uh, co- co- corresponding for us. Uh, that uh, It doesn't sound like we really missed anything <laughs> with the no. extended version. Happy to help. I would like to see a blind guy drive his car. That's a really good uh, bit in um, the boondocks. <laughs> you can look it up on YouTube, I'm sure. I'm sure plenty of people are uploading scenes from the du- the Daredevil director's <laughs> cut at a fervent pace. <laughs> Here's something um, that I-, I was a little confused about, and I wonder if maybe this is ever addressed in the comics at all. Uh, because I there was a part where um, so Matt Murdock runs into uh, the the reporter played by Joe Pantoliano at some kind of fancy party. Joey Pants and and, uh, and Pantoliano notices that Matt Murdock's uh, w- walking stick is like the same color like as uh, as Daredevil's uh, uniform and everything, right? And he's like, "Oh, nice, nice color." And he and Matt Murdock says, "I wouldn't know." And when he says, I wouldn't know, that got me to thinking, this man, both as Daredevil and as himself, has a clear color scheme. (laughs) He's got that same dark red color for his glasses, for his walking stick, for his superhero costume. Like, if he is completely uh, ignorant to color, essentially, uh, then, well, actually, I mean, he was not because he wasn't always blind, but he can't. He can't see the color. How does he land on that dark red color for all of his stuff if he's not even able to appreciate the color himself? I have sort of an inside uh, track here. I have a friend who's colorblind, and whenever he wants to know what color something is, he asks me. Okay. Nice. And then I tell him. No, but I, I mean, like, but, but he says, I wouldn't. <laughs> I wasn't asking how knowing what color something is works. And also, he can't ask people because it's a secret identity. I'm saying. Doesn't he's Foggy know? He's clearly chosen. He's clearly chosen to make red his thing. Red like the devil. Well, because devils are red. Yeah, yeah. And his I dad mean, would sense. Right, and I think yeah. In the, so in I the guess show, he just has to go to the store and be like, give me the red. Get whatever you have that's red, give that one to me. And I just have to take your word for it. Yeah. That would be really funny to have a like a blind customer come and be like, it, it's got to be red, man. It's like, I mean, all right. I guess. Like, why, why do you care? You can't even see it. Yeah. And he'd be treated better by generally any customer service worker than by his friend Foggy Nelson in this film. Um, But uh, I think in the show, there's like a guy who makes his costume, and I don't know what kind of like design input Daredevil gave. It's like, hey, you know what? Like, make it red and devil themed. So I don't know. I think it. And one thing that's sort of merciful about this movie, like you were saying, it, it sort of, it, while feeling very inspired by the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies, especially at the beginning, um, we don't go through the process of sort of like, here's why I envisioned my yeah. costume to be the way it is. It's like, oh, his dad's nickname was Devil. Okay, I get it. <laughs> it's like simple it's, enough. It's never really like, that's one of the things about Daredevil that's always just like, yeah, it's just what he looks like. Like, deal with it. <laughs> Even in mm-hmm. like some of the newer, like Ma- Mark Millar stuff, like they don't really, they're just like, yeah, that's what, it, no, it's what it looks like. It's fine. Don't worry about well, it. Well, that's, that's how superheroes used to be. Like, uh, yeah. it's kind of like, you know, Batman is, his costume looks like a bat or whatever because he's Batman. That's all you need to know. Yeah. I mean, there isn't like a whole it's cool. thing. It's like, oh, and then he got the reinforced chest plate and that helped with, it's like, you know, that we didn't used to need to know about all that stuff. Kind of the strangest parts of this movie, but also some of the parts that really work are like when they're like, and remember, he's blind and sees with radar because in the very beginning of the movie, there's a scene of him listening to a, a Seether song, which was really funny um, of him like folding his money. So his $10 bills, he folds like vertically $5 horizontally, right. um, you know, so he knows which are which. Um, but then he's in court and he's like, can tell a guy's lying. And there's this cool sort of, you know, for the time, pretty impressive looking thing where he like, oh, I can hear his heartbeat or whatever. And it's like, of course he's lying. He's a scumbag. Like, yeah, you should just, you know, believe all women, you know, that shouldn't have to listen to guys anyway. Um, well, but I he's think in, he's for, in a court of law. They don't really. 
<laughs> that's true. Yeah, they, don't they have their own set of rules there. They can't just believe all women, unfortunately. Also, this but I, I do think the radar stuff was like pretty satisfying, especially yeah. for I think you yeah. know the limitations. It definitely of the time. communicated the the point of what it was trying to get across. Yeah, and it was like in in the scene when when the oh my god, I can't fucking speak today. Um, whenever any everything's like super chaotic, you can tell that it's chaotic, but you can still you know tell that he's see you know quote unquote mm-hmm. seeing what's going on it's right. i think that was pretty well done credit to ben affleck in his acting prowess he really pulls off the blind thing he makes uh, you believe it i think to the degree yeah. that it's necessary for this type of movie yeah i i think he did a a solid job um i i did also like yeah the effects um i think the the cgi people call it like shadow world where you just Mm. see the reverberations of the sound uh coming to daredevil i think that was a very clear way to communicate how he uh how he knows where he is um so i i I enjoyed that bit of it but man this and it's it's a very you know early 2000s thing this movie reminds you every single second that this guy's blind and just jokes Mm -hmm. at the expense of him being blind are just like every moment of the film and it's just like i can't like at some points you could like you could make the argument like oh daredevil is like some kind of like you know progressive superhero because you know he you know he's impaired in this particular way but now he has superpowers but like at the first crack at it it's like hey isn't this weird he's blind (laughs) and he's jumping around what's up with that well i mean most of the the jokes (laughs) his expense come from foggy who we understand to be his best friend and he clear they clearly has like permission (laughs) to make fun of him for and also like because he's has such advanced senses and stuff like playing tricks on him as a blind person doesn't work like foggy switches the honey and must and the mustard and and uh and matt just calmly uh switches out their coffees so that uh that uh foggy's the one that has to drink <laughs> the mustard just turns it around on him so he's two steps ahead even though he's blind <laughs> So I don't. I, I, one, I, I don't know. It didn't bother me. I thought some of those jokes were funny. I thought John John Favreau did a pretty decent job playing the like best friend character and giving him shit. Uh, and uh, I am not a fan of his Foggy, just because I I don't know. To me, that's not who Foggy is, but that's sort of just like you know where yeah. he started with the character. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I'm not as familiar as either of you, I guess, with Daredevil overall. So that might be why I have a rosier view of this movie. And I also the other thing with John Favreau, this uh, something about this movie is that it feels it's very Sopranos. It's like they're casting right off the Sopranos. They got Joe Pantoliano, who was on the Sopranos, and AJ Soprano plays the kid that bullies Matt Murdock as a child who he later beats <laughs> up. Uh, Robert Eiler is his name, actually. And John Favreau had pre- guest starred on The Sopranos as himself. So <laughs> watching all of this, I'm like, man, this is like if The Sopranos was a comic book movie. <laughs> and I enjoy- So I enjoyed seeing Favreau there just on that level. Matt Murdock should be Italian. I think that's a, a change that should be sort of brought into the, the comics continuity. I, I and it think, is a shame they weren't forward yeah. thinking enough to do that in the film. Matt Matt Merduccio. The the sort of like core, you know, principles of who Daredevil Matt Murdock is are completely interchangeable between Irish people and uh, Italian people. Very so true. You could just switch <laughs> it up like every new movie. That'd be great. That'd be a fun little, you know, thing for fans to think about. You know, what does his Italian heritage bring to the character? What does his Irish heritage bring to the character? <laughs> so the 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 music in the aesthetic of this movie really planted very firmly Oof. in a point in time. It was like there was a very tiny, tiny window where this movie yes. could have existed at all. Mm-hmm. And that that's never more apparent than when there are basically pretty much two Evanescent songs playing right in a row. Yeah. And like... And that was something I'd sort of <laughs> forgotten. And it was such a, th- those things, Daredevil and Evanescence and that other song that the the lady from Evanescence is on are all sort of culturally tied together 
in my head because those songs were so big for a very brief period of time. Evanescence was all over MTV for some reason. And uh, Daredevil came in right at that at that exact uh, time. <laughs> so so there's both of the, those big songs in this movie. And it really fits with the kind of uh, edgy, like sort of proto hot topic uh, uh aesthetic that that the movie uh has about it it, it works yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's really remarkable and like you were saying like the the music is sort of like wrapped up for me with this film permanently like i can't hear the you know wake me up without thinking about mm. daredevil and electra um but uh it's like all the fashion choices like making the the daredevil costume like a leather biker outfit um <laughs> giving bullseye a like crocodile trench coat um it's like we're, i like we're, how bullseye bullseye looked cool i liked he, him phenomenal like yeah i i think well, I, I mean we'll talk about it uh i'm sure at some point but the villains of this film are my favorite thing about it by far oh yeah um and uh every design choice for them is perfect um but uh it's like obviously the effects and the fight choreography and the shot choice and the editing firmly plant it in 2003 with something that was like, you know, (laughs) aware of like the matrix and fight club. It even references fight club at one point. And it's like someone explained like the Raimi Spider-Man movie, the matrix and everything else to the director. And he didn't see them. And he's like, you know what? I'll take a crack at that. Um, (laughs) And this is sort of what we get. Yeah, that's right. It it is it is kind of like uh, synthesizes those kinds of uh, cultural things in a very shallow way. It's very very of its time um, in that sense. Uh, but we can go ahead and talk about the villains right now if you want. Uh, we already said Michael Clark Duncan is great as Kingpin, and Colin Farrell really really just dives into the deep end with his bullseye performance. He doesn't hold back at all oh yeah it's amazing um these awesome. are two of the finest villain performances in a superhero film i've seen in a very long time um because i so i love batman forever that's probably one of my favorite superhero films um mm-hmm. it's my favorite non uh like serious batman movie um sure. and I, I love the villains in that and this just felt like a nice sort of return to like Two Face and the Riddler in that movie, um, yeah. because obviously Michael Clark Duncan is Kingpin, huge guy, um, and like the the color palette of his suits is great. I love like the glass like cane that he has, um, and yeah, like Colin Farrell. This is one of the first movies I think that he was able to do his Irish accent in because usually he was playing an mm. American character um, before he did Daredevil. Um, and just everything about this is so campy and fun that like when bullseye wasn't on screen i felt like sleeping because like <laughs> ben affleck and the movie like it's very serious like he's sleeping in like a like sensory deprivation coffin mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> like it's just it's a bit Pretty too cool. much and he needs to think about like every person who's murdered who he can't save um it's very prescient of like the snyder verse in yeah. that way um yes but, but then when bullseye appears on screen like i don't know if this was in the theatrical cut like he's like holding his arms out at the airport escalator and like going through security with like a safety clip in his mouth um that he can turn into like five sharp yeah you know, little darts or whatever it's so awesome. cool and the first guy he kills in the movie is killed because he's disrespecting ireland so it's and, just yeah, yeah. He and, should and then and then he murders an old lady on the plane just because she's like annoying him <laughs> <laughs> it's phenomenal he's got the the, the fucking target shaped scar on his forehead yeah the real reveal of that is so sick it's fantastic and like I, th- I think they were initially thinking about a tattoo but to t- deciding to go with a brand is a much better thing and like yeah he like touches the bullseye when he's like saying like thank you or bye bye to someone it's his little trademark he's like hey remember this i bullseye this is my thing um <laughs> and it's just it was a simpler time in comic book movies right because the movie starts with like in a very batman forever or batman and robin way of like 
the cast's names appear and then the logo of the superhero um you know is on screen like the double d and everyone's like wow yeah that's the guy um so (laughs) just like the branding aspect of this like constantly touching the target and it's like oh yeah i remember that guy's name is bullseye because he has the target on his forehead um but his performance is so much fun in this and the fact that it was overlooked at the 2003 Oscars uh, you know, still frustrates me <laughs> to this day. It, well, listen, it certainly wasn't overlooked at the 2003 MTV Movie Awards. I'll tell you that much because it was a hell yeah. daredevil daredevil cleaned up, if I recall. <laughs> but um, uh, it was so interesting you mentioned the Snyderverse because, uh, well, obviously, Patreon listeners will note we'll have recently heard Ted and I discussing batman v superman um and this uh ben seeing ben affleck years earlier playing daredevil in so much in so many ways feels like a dry run for the ben affleck Batman. yeah, yeah. but he was like a less serious less committed less buff younger ben affleck doing a sort of similar performance I guess a slightly shallower setting. I think what like in Batman, what Batman versus Superman sort of has there is that you have the two sides. You have the Batman and the Bruce Wayne that Ben can play. Whereas like this, like, I don't know, the the distinction between Matt Murdock and Daredevil is, you know, tenuous at best, you know, when it comes to personality. So I I think that like having that gives him more opportunities to like flesh out the character. I thought he did a good job in this. You know, I wasn't wowed. Well, yeah. well, I think I think Affleck has also grown a lot just as an actor in the intervening yeah, years. Course. I mean, my, my, most of my favorite performances from him come a little later in his career, and I think that even though uh, you know, to to the untrained eye, Batman v Superman is just as silly a movie as Daredevil. I think even in the context of a silly superhero movie, you just see him giving a more committed performance. Uh, and and it's so interesting because in many ways, I think when BVS came out, when the Snyderverse kind of started, it was a little bit of a return to form to the pre-Nolan uh, era, like we were talking about uh, with this movie. And it, so, so you do see, so even though uh, I don't think this is a, a fraction of the movie that Batman v Superman is, <laughs> you do see a lot of those tendencies that Zack Snyder I think would sort of revive and uh, sort of try to at least bring back the uh, era of just dumb fun big uh, superhero action and of course but of course also he's much better at uh, doing handling the action than Mm -hmm. uh, the director of this movie his name escapes me at the moment but um, clearly had never made any kind of action movie before this No. And I I think it's interesting that you bring up sort of the relationship between Matt Murdock and Daredevil and like Ben's performance in that, because I think it is very funny um, because and and again, I think one of the best uh, superhero movies before sort of 2008 is Batman Forever. And it it, it does Mm -hmm. try to explore like the relationship between, you know, the costume and the person. Um, but this essentially doesn't. And I think that's really funny. Like the, the, yeah, like the yeah. Matt Murdock character is just like Ben Affleck. Like he's just like, you know, hanging out at a cafe with his buddy cracking jokes. Um, but then like, you know, out of nowhere, he will just be like, justice will be served. <laughs> and then like what's on the costume. Like yeah. there's almost no interplay. And it is funny when like eventually like Michael Clark Duncan unmasks him and he's like, oh, come on, you're kidding. The blind lawyer from Hell's Kitchen. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, there's no relationship between these so two hard. guys. Yeah, I, I do also have to say uh, the the hair that uh, Ben Affleck has in this movie not working for me. I don't know what his hairstylist was thinking on this movie, or if that—that's just the hair that people had. Yeah, I guess that. Yeah, I guess that was cool hair to have in 2003. It was like that was the 2003 version of the like messy hair look when they hadn't. It was just kind of like I don't know. It it like. It like looks messy, but it's so deliberate that it's only that. Specific just a, a lot of really look. obvious gel going on. Yeah, here. it's it's no good. I think it's that, and Ben also has like a fascinating head shape. Like mm. it's like only yeah. a select number of hairstyles will really work for him, and like I I also feel like what time period you meet Ben at will influence like what his hair will look 
good or bad with like you know in the town he can keep it closely cropped and it's cool but if he did a closely cropped look for daredevil oh my god that wouldn't look good but also with this it's like okay like what are we doing this is not good and obviously it's like dyed red in a very funny way um <laughs> what did you think of sort of like the like the prequel like kid uh daredevil stuff because i have to say like that part of the movie i didn't hate like i enjoyed I liked it, yeah. the prologue stuff quite a bit um and his sort of relationship with his dad like i thought that was like pretty it, well handled. it gets a lot done without spending too much time on it like i remember yeah. i like you know i moused over to see how much time had passed once that part was over. i was like oh that's it's only like 12 minutes like that's not bad at all like mm-hmm. i don't feel like i just yeah, wasted my fucking time learning something i already know it's kind of an ideal balance where like rather than having the entire movie be one big origin story, they uh, get they give you his origin a very economical way where you pretty much understand everything and you know why he's a superhero now. And then they just get then you just get right into it. Now you're in this world where Daredevil exists and you get to see the story unfold. And yeah, I did. I did like the childhood uh, stuff a lot i thought you know the kid was pretty good for a kid actor like i said yeah. great to see aj soprano and it was very funny to see him as a bully first of all and then it was <laughs> and then it was even funnier when we see him again and the the matt the blind kid beats him up with his new blind powers <laughs> and he beats the shit out of like him and the other two bullies with a cane yeah. which is in a really right. funny scene uh, i don't remember the song but it was also a very funny song choice for it yeah pretty cool yeah it's very sick and i think it's also important (laughs) to note that like it's very like faux matrixy in its action like everyone is always flying around like it's almost a wuxia movie but not really um Mm -hmm. and like when young daredevil is like flying around and like hitting people with like the cane i thought that was pretty funny (laughs) and like i I think of the tone (laughs) like the tone is obviously very strange in this movie because it goes from like yeah you know something that you would see in like you know an early 2000s chinese action movie with like the playground fight between daredevil and electra to like daredevil living in a coffin in a gray world like showering and lamenting the people he is like not preventing from being murdered um it's it's interesting and obviously i like it when the movie is like cranked up uh with the campiness and whenever Colin Farrell is on screen, I'm very pleased um, because it's, it's just that performance is unbeatable. And like in every action, he's doing something interesting. And unfortunately I don't think Kingpin and bullseye have enough time together because you could get a fun dynamic uh, between this like really strong silent guy and uh, bullseye. But uh, Michael Clark Duncan, he still has some moments in this, like his introduction where they're like panning up from his building where he's just like smoking a big cigar is like iconic, I think. And the music playing is just like, I'm a really bad guy. Like I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a cool dude and you should watch out for me. It's very again economical and it gets the job done. Yeah. I think one of the like biggest failings of this movie is having like who Kingpin is be a secret. Because that's like for Mm -hmm. uh, Kingpin as a character, it's like he's just the biggest guy in the world. So of course everybody knows who he's who he is because he's the biggest guy. And like you don't have to wonder who Kingpin is. It's just that he's he's so he's literally the biggest guy. Very yeah, large. he's a, the big guy, um, which he's I think enormous. is why Michael Clark Duncan is such a good cast, because Michael Clark Duncan is one of the biggest guys of all time. Um, <laughs> and he had to put on 30 pounds for this role, which is funny. Really? Like, really? He was apparently too skinny to play Kingpin. And That's they were like, hilarious. They were like, we really want you in this movie, but you got to bulk up. And he was like lamenting it. He like put his agent on the phone when he was talking to the director. And he's like, listen to what this guy has to say. It's like, yeah, I don't know. And like when there was like talks of potentially a Daredevil sequel, he was like, I'm not putting on the weight again like he's very happy at 270 and he's like let's say i lost weight in prison and like i can move around more quickly (laughs) or whatever (laughs) so but i I think that like that just that in and of itself means that you don't get a lot of kingpin scenes which is a total shame because michael clark duncan is a total blast to watch like in this movie and every movie he's been in Mm -hmm. and i I don't know it's just like a weird choice because like who cares who pink kingpin is? like he's like the gloss like you should know who he is right i don't know 
comparing him to uh, the TV show Daredevil, which we you know haven't talked about much, but I think both him and Vincent D'Onofrio are both very good kingpins, but in such a different way. Yeah, it's sort of interesting because to me, like kingpin's a cool character, but he's kind of like one note. But they both manage to bring their own sort of like spin on him even though michael clark duncan's is you know not very deep because there's not much time to do it but yeah i i think like vincent d'onofrio does a perfect job of being like a prestige tv villain who's like dark yet complicated who has like you know reasons for being as cruel as he is because it's a very like 2015 thing but he's, he's like it's a great performance and i you know probably prefer it to this but like just like the the imagery the style the excess of 2003 like the like like you know this is a perfect lifestyle and you can't have it kind of vibe of this kingpin yeah is phenomenal and it's just like you know oh you want to talk to the boss you got to make an appointment because he's busy smoking a cigar and doing business kingpin is absolutely in his bag he he's living (laughs) his best life it's back when people were like allowed to just be cool as shit. Yeah. Like now you yeah. can't have a character in a movie at all. Like who's just like the cool guy, like a cool guy. I think uh, uh, in, in this movie, it's like every one of them. I think, you know, if if Daredevil came out at a at a better time, we could have had maybe like a like a Rodney Dangerfield or a John Candy be Kingpin. I think that could be fun. You know, <laughs> why not? Uh, that's that's no like respect. the eighties, okay, like no the Richard the Richard Donner Superman kind of yeah. version of Daredevil. If it came out <laughs> Superman twenty three, years earlier, it's Daredevil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then then I could definitely see John Candy doing it. That would be uh, that would be something. Yeah. Um, a- another thing we should mention about Ben Affleck, since we're talking about Ben Affleck, is. He was apparently a very big Daredevil fan who was very keen on playing Daredevil, uh, so, so much so that when his friend Kevin Smith's uh, mm. uh, comic series came out in trade paperback, Ben Affleck actually wrote an introduction for it. That was back in 1999, a few years before this movie. So oh, no way. I think that, uh, yeah, I actually wanted to find that introduction to see if it was worth reading from, but I couldn't find it. All the versions of... Uh, that comic were like newer editions that I didn't have it, but I'm sure we'll be talking more about Kevin Smith's daredevil run in the future. So look forward to that. But <laughs> speaking of Kevin Smith, Kevin Smith is in this oh, yeah. movie. He's in he, this shows, he shows up as a very uh, cool kind of epic, uh, uh, coroner named Jack Kirby. Okay. Who, uh, like really, that likes, was really upsetting to me. He really likes uh, implements of death, especially when they're like neat to look at. And he has fun showing them off to the reporter. That's kind of his whole deal. So uh, obviously Kevin Smith has done a lot. You know, he's put a lot of things into the world that we don't like. Mm -hmm. Um, This is maybe the most insulted I felt by Kevin Smith. Really? um, Because uh, obviously like Jack Kirby is like, my you know one of my the fa- greatest living or oh, greatest American yeah. artists yeah. of like, all time well, i mean not, it's not, not even close. It, he didn't name the character i'm i'm upset i'm upset at the the writer director for yeah. not only using his name like that but casting kevin smith who i don't think has the proper respect for jack kirby considering or the way he's constantly no. sucking the asshole of of Stanley, the bastard oh, Stanley, <laughs> like, and 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 I mean, uh, someone said this before the movie started, but you know, Daredevil's greatest mistake in the movie was stopping Stanley before he crossed the street and right. did not allow him <laughs> to get drilled by an eighteen wheeler. Um, <laughs> Should have let him. Should have uh, gone out. Yeah, like obviously, like Jack Kirby, he created the fourth world, and that's probably like my favorite comic yes. thing, other than like the mm-hmm. character of Batman, who obviously my favorite comic book character um but like i and like having that character be named jack kirby i don't know if that is a kevin invention or not because i can easily imagine the director going like hey man you know kevin we're using a lot of stuff for your comic would you like to be in this movie he's like yeah what's my character's name you know what if i what if i was jack kirby and it's like that's it's so profoundly insulting because obviously jack kirby like you know the credit for a lot of his creation of the marvel universe was stolen by stanley and he died mostly penniless <laughs> and uh mm-hmm. like just this like it's that stupid nerd culture thing of just like sort of uncritically 
just like attaching yourself to these like creations and just going like man stan lee is epic and jack kirby is epic and daredevil is epic and it's just like you know it's funko pop mindset and it's like yeah. kevin yeah. smith has had that for his entire life and like even his like it, you know his comics are extremely one note like i haven't read um the guardian devil uh, comic that he wrote but i skimmed the wikipedia for it and it's exactly oh, his, what you would his expect. comics his comics fucking suck but Very we're, awful. We're, gonna, we're gonna be talking a lot more about them in the near future just nasty stuff and i i hated uh, seeing him in this it's, I was very it's also weird because uh daredevil isn't even something that's particularly associated with jack kirby of all the early no, marvel yeah. stuff I think he did have, just from the research I did, it seems like he had a little bit of a hand in designing the character, but was never actually the uh, the main artist on, on the Daredevil series at any point. And no. it seems like there are plenty of artists and writers that have worked on it over the years, aside from, uh, uh, you know, Stan Lee and Frank Miller and the others, like that do that show up in the like why not name the character frank miller you know like why not name that character after someone who's actually a big part of daredevil's history yeah. i don't know it's a weird they do choice. they do have a, a like a name miller cameo earlier but it's just miller like you can still name it's one of the most common names just name him frank miller. yeah like you can use mm -hmm. it twice but yeah and i don't just, there's jack kirby's name doesn't need to be in this movie it definitely doesn't need to be on uh fucking kevin smith yeah, well, in fact, he doesn't like, even need a name. Rage he's just a, he's just a coroner. It's like 30 seconds. They're spitting on his grave. Yeah, rude. Yeah. I, I would like to think that this was an intentional sort of thing to make me mad specifically. Because yeah. mm -hmm. it fucking worked, folks. Oh, my God. Well, like, well, aside from that insult, what do we think about Kevin Smith's uh, performance in this little cameo role? Not good. He's... Uh, I don't, I don't is, think I he think was born to worst, be. Yeah. I don't think he was born to be on screen or have anything to do with motion pictures. Um, so <laughs> it's just he's just obviously a very taxing presence, right? Like whenever, but like of course to a certain kind of nerd at 2003, I would say most sort of nerd culture, like Kevin Smith was, you know, a sort of like you know person who said it was oh it you know it was okay to be weird it was okay to be a nerd um so seeing kevin <laughs> smith on screen you know probably half the audience would be like yo that's the guy from wait clerks so mm -hmm. like he's obviously a very dull person to listen to um very one note and like you know he just kind of explains what daredevil's like grappling hook cane thing does um and he was probably so jazzed to be in this movie. my man was absolutely just hard as a fucking he was, rock my, my man table. was jizzed he was jazzed and jizzed <laughs> he was jizzing he, 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 was, was, he was over a little the moon. wet spot yeah i this is i think of like the movies we've seen him in that he didn't direct i think this is like maybe his most annoying performance because mm. generally be. they've been like fine like I, he's, yeah he's like interesting he's not, not interesting he's like you know he works in um uh southland tales he's kind of annoying in the other jennifer garner movie we watched oh he's um, ve very annoying in that one uh very I, I think annoying but uh, what ted what ted is trying to say i think is that generally here on we need to talk about kevin we uh think of kevin as much better as an actor in other people's movies that he doesn't have control over than he mm -hmm. is yeah. at any doing any of his own stuff and yeah, he was, exactly. he was actually kind of fun in Southland Tales. Uh, that was like a decent bit of casting. Doesn't do particularly do anything for me here, but he's on a screen for a mercifully short period of time. So doesn't really bother me too much either, you know? Yeah, I'm thinking that one film that I didn't mind him in was Live Free or Die Hard when he's explaining sort of the tech stuff to John McClane. Um, but mm -hmm. then again, I haven't seen his uh, cameo in the Mindy Project recently, um, oh, where he's riffing on being on too fat list. to yeah, where he's riffing on being too flat too fat to fly on an airplane. So oh, I have to check no. that. That's his whole thing for like three years. That was that, his that, real oh, life thing. Yeah. Yeah. Was he playing himself on the Mindy Project? I believe so. He was flying okay. on an airplane, and so they took his real. <laughs> He's a very large man, so yeah. they, that was sort of the 
the the point of the scene and and i think that's when i started to become a kevin smith fan was like right after the too fat to fly on a plane thing sort of oh after that state came out i thought you were gonna say you became a kevin smith fan after his cameo on the mindy project and i was like wow (laughs) who is this guy (laughs) see what he's phenomenal yeah after his failure to cameo on that plane a heart-wrenching um, uh you know performance before we wrap up uh this episode does anyone have any final thoughts on this movie we watched or perhaps about ben affleck's performance since this is benuary much better than i expected like i know like i said i'd never seen this before and there was a lot to like about this movie and i think the failings of it are just like not getting good fight choreography, not getting, you mm-hmm. know, uh, as established and competent director. I don't know who directed this. Maybe he's really good at directing other things, but I just think I, I really wish this could have been better because in parts of this, it even reminded me of one of the greatest 2000s movies, Blade, which is actually made in mm. 1999, I think. But anyway, yeah, 98, I think. So like, I just think if it, if it leaned a little bit more into the, the silliness of it and, got itself some better fight choreography it could be like really great and like a really fun movie to revisit but unfortunately it's just you know kind of forgettable when michael uh, clark duncan and colin farrell aren't on screen yeah i um did not enjoy watching daredevil i think it is a pretty bad film um but um the saving great like it's a very ugly to look at film like everything is so dark uh the green screen's pretty nasty yeah everything is Mm -hmm. damp um but i mean colin farrell as bullseye is worth the price of admission and michael clark duncan doing kingpin stuff and like putting roses in uh electra's dad's uh suit like that kind of stuff is very cool um and uh ben in the movie i thought he he was okay i mean like he's obviously taking the role very seriously um and uh like for a like serious superhero movie like immediately after like spider-man and x-men i think this is basically like what you get like it's Mm -hmm. okay i mean obviously it's like super edgy um and the movie has a bunch of tonal issues um but the music i mean you can listen to the movie and it's a lot of fun so i it's recommended for me i i you know it's a bad film but i think it's definitely worth watching yeah it's one of the uh lower tier of the early 2000s uh movies from that kind of spider-man era uh but i mean overall i like this movie a lot more than I thought I would based on my memory of it. Uh, I was like, I basically had fun watching it. And there were times where I felt like this is kind of badass. So all in all, not such a bad time at the movies. Uh, Like most non Kevin Smith movies we watch, it's much better than a Kevin Smith movie. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe not. I, you know, I was thinking about Jersey girl when I was watching this and I think I might've enjoyed Jersey girl a little bit more for the Ben for the Ben performance. <laughs> well, that's a little insane to me, although we do. It's lo- not, we it's do lo- bad, but we do love Ben. Man. Yeah. Very, real bad. Um, well, uh, Evan, uh, we need to talk about Evan now during this point of the show, because, <laughs> uh, first of all, I want to thank you for, uh, joining us for our first, uh, first episode of this season and first at e- first free free episode of our special benuary event where can people find you evan mcdonald sir so people can find me on twitter at mcdonald tweets and i am also the host of uh edmonton alberta's number one socialist movie podcast kino lefter uh, <laughs> which uh you folks have been on and you can mm-hmm. follow that at Kino Lefter, uh, also have a Patreon if you want to pay for that. Um, I did a eight episode series on James Bond a little while ago. Oh, that's right. Uh, so all of the, I need to check that out still. Uh, all of the Daniel Craig and Pierce Brosnan films, uh, I watched them, and that was a lot of fun to do. Um, so yeah, more more excitement <laughs> coming from me. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go back to the new releases for a little while because um, there's some stuff that I missed that. Uh, needs to be addressed but uh it's gonna be fun and you can listen to it wherever yeah. podcasts are given out for free yep well, well <laughs> kino lefter is a great show if anyone hasn't listened to that yet my favorite movie podcast uh it was a real joy 
real thrill to have you with us. Um, Thank you. But uh, uh, before we go, I have to mention I'm several weeks behind on patron shout outs here. So let me get a few <laughs> of these out. Uh, going back all the way to the beginning of December, we had Mara and someone who calls themselves Obs, of course. Uh, I don't think that's their real name, so I don't mind reading it on here. Uh, <laughs> then we had a few more. Uh, Shelly, TJ, and Adam have all joined over the past month or so. So thank you so much for your support, of course. Uh, we, re uh, we recently crossed the $100 uh, goal line, which meant I was forced to listen to... <laughs> An, to some of Kevin Smith's podcast and record my reaction to it, which is something you can hear if you sign up for the Patreon. You can also hear the entirety of our six-part uh, Batman Begone miniseries, as well as the very special Christmas bonus edition featuring Vera Drew on Batman v Superman, which wow. of course linked Batman Begone with... Benuary and all all month long we will be having a special deluxe bonus Benuary episodes uh, where Ted and I discuss the man himself, the master, the Mister, Mister Mister Ben Affleck, Mister Bean. So, uh, <laughs> so if you're not already subscribed, please go to www. You don't have to type the www. Patreon. God damn it. Yes, you do. <laughs> you have to put it. You Please to put go it. to patreon.com slash we need to talk about Kevin. Go ahead and sign up for that. We got lots of great stuff coming your way. For Ted, I'm Trevor Drinkwater. <laughs> what do you mean Thank for you Ted? For, what? <laughs> I don't know. You know how they do that sometimes? Oh, um, yeah. Hosts <laughs> of TV shows and stuff will be like, for, uh... Yeah, know, I can speak my for the myself, other person's name. But... Okay, it's just not for, uh, Ted, for Trevor Drinkwater. For not Trevor saying, Drinkwater, okay. uh, good you night. Say, you say goodbye. You say goodbye for both of us. <laughs> and I'm Evan. Uh, and goodbye for Evan too. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> good morning. We're gone. Yeah. Have a good sleep. Bye and Later. cut. <laughs> <laughs>